Hello and welcome to Stories of the Crispy Road. This is Season 3, Episode 4, Floods, Fights, Freedoms, and Further Infections. So there's been a considerable flare-up of the coronavirus in the United States and in Alberta and in parts of Canada. Alberta uh, has it mostly around Calgary, um, centering around five or, or six specific events in the last month. Uh, one being a nightclub, one being a restaurant downtown, uh, one being a private function. There was evidence of another Fourth July, uh, First July barbecue that happened. <coughs> what I want to say is probably for those happening, people acting in close distances for a considerable period of time, and probably some of those people who were going there who thought they weren't sick or were sick but didn't think they had uh, the Rona were the reasons probably those spreads happened. In fact, that would be the reason. Like somebody who thought they didn't have it or somebody who had a very mild sickness and didn't think it was uh, the Rona went to these groups and probably not one person probably you had multiple people who were infected who now you'll have to find out of course it doesn't help when the government lets 26 planes land as of last weekend and uh, the 26 planes we know had at least one coronavirus patient on board so now you've got all those planes and all those people who will have to be monitored Probably not all of them. You find out the seats, and you probably have to say, like, people within the five meters in the area should be the ones who need to be checked out the most. Anyone beyond that, probably way less, depending on air circulation. Airplanes filter systems is considerably better than housing and in um, buses and trains, stuff like that. So, theoretically, the air circulation in those planes should be cleaner, and thus, like, the lower chance of spreading throughout the entire cabin, but... People are forced to wear masks on planes more often, so hopefully that worked. <laughs> and people took care of themselves by washing their hands and other shit. Now, in the U.S., we have evidence that the rioting did cause an increase in infections. We also have pe young people not caring. We also have, like, people going outdoors. Uh, heat waves, so when people are eating at restaurants, they're using air conditioning systems that probably aren't heavily filtered. That's recirculating the virus and spreading it around in larger groups of people. Um, people staying out for longer periods of time, um, various other, other things, um, the water droplets from a cough being able to spread up to 27 feet, whereas persistent breath is probably up to 6 feet. <coughs> so there's a lot of new information coming out. What really is going to help defeat this virus is going <coughs> to be accessible to cheap, quick testing. So in de in um, the Dutch are working on a breathalyzer-based test, which is more ideal for transport situations. Like at airports, you breathe it in before you even go to, like you enter the airport, or, to, or like as you arrive at the airport, the first thing you do is to do that, and then you sit in holding it, and then you stay outside in a, in a holding area, because technically being outside, uh, theoretically the virus is supposed to have a very low chance of surviving in UV light, nearly impossible. Um, it just basically dies in UV. But being in a close proximity for somebody for a considerable period of time, much like protests, especially protests where what you have happen is, like in the United States, where protests descend into violence by bad actors. You then have police using tear gas. In some cases, the police just use tear gas and pepper spray because they need to disperse a crowd, even if the crowd is perfectly peaceful, as we've seen evidence of in Seattle and various other places prior to CHOP, prior to what's going on in Portland, stuff like that. Prior to that, like, insurrectionist behavior, there were police doing things that were completely wrong, and they, they, not do, they not helping the situation. So think about it. If you got, like, 100 people or, like, maybe, like, 300 people, 400 people marching 
a lot of them wearing masks, a lot of them wearing gloves, a way to, to hopefully stop the spread. And then those masks, which are designed to stop the spread of, you know, airborne pathogens, surgical masks N95, those masks don't hold up to pepper spray. They don't hold up to tear gas. What are they designed to hold up for? Dust. Like, like not super fine uh, stuff. They're designed to hold up to dust and uh, organic material, not inorganic compounds, which can be smaller and more effective. And also note that tear gas stings your tear ducts as well as breathing. And pepper spray, of course, you get it in your face. You're just like, ah. And of course, you then you're touching yourself. So that's happening while these protests are going on. People, what are they doing? They're dropping their masks to spray water on themselves. And of course, other people are coming around to help them. Woman's of one of that that other person who's trying to help them. They're lying on the ground. They're on top of them with their mask off, breathing, trying to help the person, like pour water on them. And they accidentally are COVID and stuff like that. And they're helping them for a while. There's various other problems in that. Or they got an immune system that potentially already had it. And then this stresses it out, freaks it out. So there's, there's way more ways that the spread is definitely happening. Now, are we also having idiots who are just going out doing whatever the fuck they want? Yes, we do have that. That's also causing spread. Um, a lot of immature people um, in the young age group, the young adults, I think they're nearly invulnerable. And ev- evidence state that besides from about 0.3, like besides from a, like a very small percentage, yes, they largely are. Pretty healthy. I'll just get is maybe a besides from a bad cough and a fever, for which probably won't be as bad as the regular seasonal flu for people under the age of forty. The problem is it's spreading. Like it's it's spreading. It's much more effective at spreading than regular viruses are. Which brings up a lot of interesting questions about that. Hopefully, we find that information out in the few months going ahead. Anyway, will there be an effective vaccine soon? I don't know. I'm not a vaccine manufacturer. I'm not a viral specialist. However, the problem is going to be not that we have a vaccine. It's are we going to have a safe vaccine? Based on the few vaccines that are being developed right now, they're having a considerable number of side effects that are concerning. Now, granted, they're only in level two testing. So there are a few people who are volunteering for it who are trying to um, get the vaccine. Some of them are having very adverse reactions. Some are not having it. But they were saying it was close to 50 to 60% of people were having side effects. And most of those side effects was for um, for the younger age group was worse than how COVID would actually be. Now, the idea is if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID, you can't spread it. <coughs> so there might be an argument where some of those side effects might be wor- a worth trade. But as soon as you start hitting 60% of people possibly having these bad side effects, you start looking and saying, like, oh, mate, okay, so this formula isn't going to work, ideally. So does that mean we're going to have a safe, effective, freely, uh, readily available vaccine in 2020 or 2021? I doubt it. I think it's going to be 2022 before we have the safe vaccine that is relatively easy to obtain. Personally speaking, I don't know if that will be 100% true. I'm hoping I'm wrong on that. I'm hoping it's faster. Maybe some other things. Maybe we'll start seeing DNA uh, editing plasmids being allowed in these tests to help the vaccines be sped up. Because vaccine production does take a while. And theoretically, 
plasmid productions are considerably faster and easier to scale up than vaccine productions because you still need to get the cells to grow in the eggs and <clears throat> you need a certain amount of cells of the vaccine to be weakened to be injected in the person it can't just be a one-to-one -one or else like the immune system and the t-virus just kills it all now there's some good news that some of the vaccine tests so far of the ones that are going a little bit slower to make sure they're safer we're seeing antibody and t-cell growth in those um, from people who have been injected by those vaccines, who volunteered, we're seeing considerably good results as of July 17th. That was a different vaccine than the one that had the um, higher score of um, side effects because they're going a little bit slower. They no, weren't rushing to get to level three testing, which is when you start having larger groups being on. Now, there's a question if, if, um, if the f infection rate of this virus is 15 times higher than what is reported, 15 to 20 times higher, so 15, uh, nearly 16 million people have it right now. So imagine if it's 20 times higher. 320 million people have it globally or have had it. <clears throat> it may get, f or in the U.S., let's take that four and put it to four to 80 million. If that if that number is true for the United States. That might mean that herd immunity in the U.S. might be might potentially be faster than a vaccine will be. That's depending on if the virus is mutating enough to to reinfect people. Now, there's been some cases where some people have been reinfected. There's been other the reports that that has not happened. It hasn't helped that some of the people who have claimed, and I granted this is pure speculation, I have no evidence of this, but what was if they were, they had their uh, tests done when the CDC had a, like, 40% of their tests or 60%, I forget what the number was. It was a significant number of their tests were pre, already uh, were skewed because the medium they were using had COVID on it, so thus the tests had a higher chance of reporting a false positive. Imagine if you, like, got your test in mid to late March, when the CDC had those high error rates and you got told you're COVID positive and then you actually have only just caught it now and you thought you caught it and you did everything right. And it turns out you actually have caught it now and you thought you're safe. So now, of course, unless they do a blood sample and find out you had antibodies prior to that, which, you know, can't go back in time, but there's some ways that they can probably tell your body if they had it or not at the right time, would be the only way to prove that you had it prior or not. Um, so do I suspect it could be some false positives who have actually now got it, who are actually track positive? There could be a slight amount of that. I don't know. It could also be people having a difference from having contact with people who had the European strains in a slightly different um, South American or Asian strain that happened. They are slightly different. There's, I think, four or five different strains around the globe. And most of North America has the European strain, but some have the Asian strain, which is, I don't know if their differences are so great that we're being reinfected has a high chance between the two, or if what's happened is, is that um, one strain has a higher chance of causing more overt symptoms and one strain is more common to being asymptomatic. We'd have to see that. That'd be worth actually finding out. Um... And do we have more evidence of asymptomatic people spreading? As far as we know, that, that myth of the asymptomatic super spreader has not been completely confirmed. 
but it, it's starting. It's starting to be like it probably doesn't happen. But it, it like by by the odds are, if you're asymptomatic, you're highly unlikely to spread. But I think they went from practically unlikely to spread to there's a chance now. It depends on who you're spreading it to. And of course, because of this virus's age and spreading range capabilities. Uh, maybe somebody who's asymptomatic may not spread to somebody in their same age range. Let's say you're an asymptomatic person and you're 48 years old. Probably people under your age are less likely in that age group or younger, probably have a high chance of not getting it. Booms if you're 48 years old and you predominantly interact with 70 and 80-year-olds. They probably have a way higher chance of getting it, <clears throat> just based on the infection rate and fatality rates alone. So that's worth looking into. Anyway... Let's end that part of coronavirus and talk about how the Alberta government has decided to move forward with schooling, which I think to a degree is a good idea. There are some negatives uh, and questions that teachers unions and teachers have brought up that I think are valid concerns, such as if a teacher is, let's say, a math teacher for a high school and they deal with five classes a day of 30 plus students. What happens if that teacher or a student who infects that teacher or various other um, layers of potential spread happens? There are, I think there are questions that need to be answered by that. Granted, <coughs> considering they have over a month to figure out how to do that, I think um, the school boards, the teachers union, and the province will probably come up with a relatively effective method of dealing with this. What I don't think is I don't like how half of the questions that were being asked by teachers were non-school related that affected school, such as, I have a family member in my home who gets infected, what do I do then? Get that family member out of your home or you go find somewhere else to be. Also, like the 100% infection of a teacher or a student infecting 100% of their class and all their staff is highly unlikely. The age group of under 19 is extremely low rate of infection and it gets and they are much higher degree of asymptomatic and not and of not even carriers like they just have a very high degree of not of uh, not showing symptoms and not spreading the teachers will have the highest degree of spreading actually Uh, there are definitely ways that they can mitigate risks of external interaction such as limiting um, parents coming in i can agree with that but I don't like how it suddenly went to, if I do get sick, do I get time off? Do I get this? Do I get that? What am I supposed to do? What if a student gets sick? Do they, does the whole class take 14 to 21 days to be in isolation? <clears throat> well, what's going to have to happen is, is that there's going to have to be much more drastic testing in schools. Considering those tests are now, we're getting them like nearly within a day. <clears throat> what's going to have to be is if somebody's sick, you're just going to have to mass test that school. And if nobody else is symptomatic or has the virus as of the point of the test and then retest next week, and if that number is still zero, you keep doing it. You keep going, and you monitor everything. It's not going to be one student sick. Oh, we can't do a fucking thing. We have to all go home and shut down because if that's how the teachers' unions and the teachers are going to act, let's close your industry down and privatize it, and let's say no more collective bargaining agreements for any of you because if you're going to pussy out on your one job, you're going to say, oh, it's too dangerous to teach students. A population that has the lowest chance of infection and spread versus, like, let's say the nursing home workers, the army who went to work in nursing homes in Quebec and Ontario. What about um, people, who, the hospital workers? 
workers in can in Canada who had to deal with it as frontline service workers, the emergency services that dealt with this. What about those people that are that have a chance of interacting with a COVID positive person who could not know it, or a COVID positive person who is being an asshole who like has now basically decided that I'm going to be a jerk and you know like you, you know a police officer pulling somebody over. For, for you know, reckless driving and the guy's COVID positive and he starts spitting on the police officer. What about that, huh? Uh, so should should those guys like just like shut down too? Like not have those interactions because oh I could catch it. Oh I don't want to. I I oh I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop that guy from beating that other dude up because he could spit on me and he's got COVID. It all falls up. If you do get sick, you get your paid sick vacation. If it turns out to be longer than that, sorry, your union's going to have to pay for the difference. After all, they seem to be flush with money because of all the advertising they're able to do from March to fucking May on, on CTV in Calgary. Like, they were practically the only advertisement that ran every single commercial break for CTV News at 6 o'clock in Calgary. Now, I didn't watch Global News. I should have, just to see if they also were doing that. I suspect it was province-wide. And they won't tell how much that costs. They should. Their union deserves to know, as do people as a public sector service, they should not be creating propaganda. Which is why I'm anti-public sector unions. Now, if that was a private union working for Cargill, paying for those advertisements like Cargill only shut down because they're people. That's different because you have a private institution and a private union. Two private bodies spatting at each other. Where the money from both are coming from people who are willingly interacting with those services. Sorry, but my taxes, no matter what, go to pay for some degree of schooling, even if I disagree with it. I'd rather voluntarily give money to private schools that work great than fund public schooling. But I don't have a choice. If I decide to fund a private school, I have, therefore, my taxes will still go to the public school. <coughs> Give the money to the parents. Let the parents decide where they're going to spend the money. Also, if teachers are going to complain about um, teaching in person, well, you better balls up and start teaching um, virtually. And if we hear complaints about that, you're the ones who didn't want to be in the classroom and you don't want to teach online. Sorry, you don't get your freaking paycheck. You're done. You're furloughed. Your union can p pay you you until we can get to regular schooling. And if it's two more if it's more time, if you don't want to come back until 2020, when we have an effective and free and readily available vaccine and much higher degree testing, I think testing's going to be the most important thing. But if that's your argument not to wait until a globally available vaccine that is available on demand, for everybody. Okay, well, uh, go find yourself a new job for the next two years. For the next two teaching seasons, at least. And don't freaking come crying to us. The taxpayers who we sacrificed, we shut down, we stayed home with the kids, those who had to. We had to work from home in unique situations. We, did, we had to cancel all our travel plans. We had to uh, find something else to do you know what about those who who their companies shut down for two months and they're like shit i i i had to dip 30 percent of my savings my retirement's gone 30 percent as of the 
as because of this, if not more. What about you guys, the public sector unions who had your freaking paychecks guaranteed, and the government keeps printing and spending money like the feds do? Yeah, my sympathy's gone. I'm not paying for your debt. I shouldn't be. You're enslaving other people who had no choice. So back off. And that's my feeling on the union thing. If you don't want to teach, quit. Free up your space. Return your money. And frankly, get rid of your collective bargaining contract. If it was private operations to private operations, I would be sympathetic. But it's public. Your money comes from people who are successful to fund you. And if they are failing and you guys get increased funds, which means that the debt and the deficit increase, well, I'm sorry, services are going to have to be cut. Payers are going to have to be cut. Maybe you guys should all go down to $5 an hour. How does that feel? Because that's maybe about what the government can actually fund without going into debt after everything we've done. Sucks, doesn't it? That's what should happen. If they don't want to teach, don't pay them. If they want to teach online, they get 80%. Or some figure, some number, because they're not traveling. Those schools that see that, shut down. Maintenance bills practically collapsed. Administrative staff that's not necessary, laid off. Every saving possible, every cut, every chainsaw tear, every chainsaw use possible to budgets on operations that are not necessary if the teachers don't want to go back to the school. If we spend a fortune cleaning these places up and setting them all up and getting hand sanitizer and all this, and the teachers freak out on week one, then we take it out of their pay. Because that's just pissing me off. You guys only work nine months a year at best. You have more holidays than any other full-time job. You have guaranteed paid holidays, paid work days, paid expansion days, and you get the summer. Now, are you expected to work a week ahead of when students start and a week after students leave? Yeah, but you get Christmas, you get all of Christmas off, you're guaranteed. You get a lot more days off. Guy working in a regular 40-hour work week doesn't get spring break off. He doesn't always get Christmas off. He may get the two days around Christmas. He may get New Year's Eve. He may get New Year's off. He may get Christmas and Christmas uh, and Boxing Day off. But he isn't going to get the week and a half around Christmas off. He's not going to get all of July and most of August off. He's not going to get a week in April off. Sorry. I just don't agree. If you're going to have those benefits, then you have to lose something. You have to give up. You have to sacrifice something else. Everything's a compromise in this world. And if you get everything with no compromise, somebody else is losing everything as the compromise. So back off. That's about angry. That, no. China. China is suffering from terrible floods. They've had dikes fail. They've blown up the dams. There's concerns about the Three Gorges Dam, if it's going to hold up or not. And let me say this. I dislike the Communist Party in China, but I absolutely wish nothing but the best for all the regular citizens of China. 
I would hate for the Three Gorges Dam to fail because of, A, the devastation that would happen to China, the famine that potentially would follow up, the devastation of world supply chains, but more just the loss of life and the hardship that those people, who have already suffered enough at the hands of the communist government, then suffer because of a lie from the communist government and then a failing of the communist government. And those people will be, be the bodies that the next system will be built on. And the communists will say, sacrifice is sometimes needed. Oh, they weren't prepared. Oh, all this other bullshit. <coughs> no, I don't stand for that. I think that would be terrible. Absolutely terrible. Beyond belief. I know some people disagree, would disagree with that. That Anything that hurts the Chinese Communist Party is worth a sacrifice? No, absolutely not. Human life is not worth that. F the CCP. But for all the regular citizens of China who have not signed up to be led by the communists, who, who secretly dislike the communists or really just don't care and just want to live their life and have the best they possibly can to leave to their parents, leave to their kids and leave to their ancestors to keep living on. Those people deserve nothing but hearts, prayers, thought, love, anything. Frick, they deserve visas to anywhere in the world. No questions asked. You want to leave China? Here's a visa. Come be a productive member of our society where you will not be beat down. Let's not forget also the Uyghur population issue that was found that Drone footage that came out last week of just that. Boy, is it? it, it was it? Those, was that a deftly silent video, outside of a very few countries that made questions? Was that not deftly silent? I'm disgusted by our federal government here, by our our jackass pretty boy prime minister. What did he say? You say that's terrible. That should never happen. Ben, we need to do things to punish China. No, no, no. So oddly silent. Oddly silent. Does he fight for Hong Kong's freedom, which is still guaranteed by another 20 years of the treaty? Nearly 20 years. Actually, I think it's 2035. We're supposed to start the fallout. No, oddly silent again. It's not for Canada to criticize China. And yet, when China criticizes Canada, it's, oh, I bow, sorry, sorry, yes, we've had problems with our natives that we have to, you know, bow, bow, bow. <clears throat> I get the thing where internal politics should remain internal. But there's a difference there between internal politics of, oh, here's, like, police brutality in a city, versus here's the fucking federal state force slamming down on a set population, a set ethnic group that they have described as subhuman. That they seek to imprison in slave labor and sterilization. Yeah, Canada's had their own problems. So has the U.S. So has almost every country in the world had their own problems with population control, population and subgroups. But, we're not, but most of the countries aren't doing it today. They did it in the past. You know, so the progressives always say, Every, everything's relative, blah, 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 and bullshit like that, and try to say, like, oh, what we did in the past is just as bad. It's like, yeah, maybe, but we're not doing it anymore. So that's something. We did it in the past, which is terrible. We need to learn from our mistakes. But look at these guys who had all the collective history of the world, and they said, yeah, we'll keep doing it. We're going to take this 7 million or 4 million population 
just subject him to everything we want to do. Shave their heads because we need we need to sell wigs to the to the Western world. Force them into slave labor camps to make phones and TVs for people. And force sterilize them because we don't want them breeding. Terrible, 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 terrible. Again, my word goes out to the Chinese people. This is the Communist Party that's doing this. Hate them. Hate that. Just hate that. It'd be funny if I get a freaking extradition request from Hong Kong. Now that they're trying to do that. I hope the government stand up to that. Say, no, 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 no. Disparaging comments against China. Oh, that's a thing. I'm not blaming the country. I'm blaming the party leaders. The people who have basically proven to us that uh, free trade just didn't liberalize their country. Just the world looked the other way when they started getting cheap goods. Now we have information of the federal law enforcement units operating in Portland and spreading to other cities, including Chicago and Seattle, because the protesters there have just become emboldened because the local politicians <coughs> will not want enforce the law to protect federal property or will not enforce the law to disperse these people. Listen, if it's, if it's a peaceful protest where people are walking in the streets with signs and chanting, it's fine. Let them assemble. Maybe try to keep them off highways. That would be smart. But if they're just walking around the city hall bang, hey, hey, ho, ho, and, you know, slanting their so saying their slogans and, you know, doing their thing, even if I disagree with it, I'd still rather see them do it. But once it starts to come to throwing bottles, rocks, attacking people, Molotov cocktails, um, Boarding up people in places, smashing windows, burning buildings, uh, looting stores. It's like, okay, you've went from peaceful to you are assholes now. What do I think about the black bagging incident <laughs> of those two federal marshals detaining that guy with nothing and then driving him off in an unmarked van? You guys asked for more government and you got more government. That's the problem. When you ask for more government, you don't know which more government you're going to get. This is why people like me who are like, oh, I want way less government, just generally, like way less government. It's because I see what government does with their power. You want government to do that to the people you oppose. I don't want government to do that to nobody. Government should do that to nobody, even if you are a freaking communist. If you're like the absolute worst of the worst in the world, I do not want the government without you committing a crime first. If you're just walking down the street being a jerk... Because you oppose what the government's doing, but you ain't harming nobody. The government doesn't come inside and arrest you. In some countries, they absolutely will. Wrong think will get you arrested. Which is terrible. But that's what the progressives and the communists want. Of course, they don't realize that they'll get the bullet, too. Must be useful idiots. And that protest has been going on for 50-plus days now. It's like, gosh... went from peaceful to just, like, nightly riots. And the media is only taking the peaceful stuff, saying, like, oh, yeah, why are the police doing this? Why are the police doing that? It's like, okay, you throw a bottle at an officer who's got a shield and it hits the shield. It's like, okay, there's a way of being like, okay, that's not too bad. When an officer's detaining somebody and five other people try to glomp him and attack him, and then his buddy runs up and draws his sidearm, 
and points it at you? Like, yeah. Yeah, because five people could have killed that guy if they just went going. And that's the thing. They were swarming him on purpose to attack. Now, would most of them let up when he let go of the guy he was trying to detain that he was on the ground scuffling with? Scuffling with? Maybe. I don't know. It only takes one person to go a step too far, and then the mob starts going to, like, okay, maybe that next step that we weren't taking is fine to start doing it. It's just like if people protest around the house, it, one guy will want to go up and kick a door, maybe break a window, and then once one person does it, somebody will peek in, maybe throw something inside and then back off, and then eventually somebody else will get brave enough to rush in, maybe take a look around and then run back out, and then it will basically be a continual step of how much farther do I go into the house. And somebody will actually just be afraid of like, screw it, I'm going in and not coming out. And then it's a fight. And then more, once that uh, phase has been tripped, it's just, and the mob just goes for it. Like, oh, he's inside, he's not getting hurt. Let's all go inside because once we get enough of us, they can't stop us. It's ironically, the same thought that would have happened with the people who wanted to rush Area 51. Except that... <laughs> Area, except that the military would have used every measure possible to stop that. It would have ended badly. Area 51, they can't stop all of us. Yeah, they can. And they would have. It would have been a great massacre. And last week, um, fires and explosions around Iran for the last few day, few weeks. Interesting. Some of them speculate to be Israeli military operations or sabotage operations. Some of them possibly just like natural disasters like forest fires or people being idiots and lighting things on fire and, and stuff like that. Again, I wish for the Iranian people. Uh, the Iranian government I may dislike because of their nuclear program, but the Iranian people do not deserve um, any extra grief in their life. No, no, no population deserves extra grief. The human condition is naturally suck. So as soon as you're able to get out of the natural suck position of the human population, the natural state of humanity, get to the point of like, I can actually do something comfortably and be happy about that. That's what everybody desires. The difference is that some people, those desires are tangential to effing somebody else up. Like, oh, I'm happy. He can't be. I don't want him to be happy. It's like, yeah, I may dislike people, but I don't, I don't wish them destruction anymore. The older I get, the more you realize, like, oh, God, grudges are stupid. You can be like, oh, just back away, asshole, or go away, or fuck that. But you don't have to be like, oh, you need to die. There are some people, though, who would try to destroy the world, and then you're like, I really, really, really don't want to kill you, but you may get to the point of like, yep, got to do it. It's got to be done. Terrible, though. Why would you go that far? We tried to stop you. So I'm hoping that the Iranian thing, like, besides from maybe the attacks at the nuclear facilities they had, if those are attacks, let's caveat them. I don't know if those are attacks. There could be accidents involving centrifuges. I'm not a nuclear physicist. I don't know if, it, if those could be natural accidents or not. Time will tell. It's just interesting how Iran's been like, uh, he's had fires and things, and like, we don't know. The one on the one on their ship at their dock is kind of weird too. Then again, the the U.S. had their bomb, 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 bomb,
I suspect there was some sabotage in that. Or somebody just did the absolute wrong thing and effed up. And like, I, I just don't believe a fire like that would naturally happen in a ship that would be that catastrophic. It makes me think that there were systems breached or people were doing things or you know, somebody set something up to go bad. I fear that it's possible. I don't, I don't want to think that. But there's bad eggs in every group. So let's end that and let's talk about gaming. So I've been playing some uh, Arma 3 recently with a bunch of nice mods. Um, started playing the Kingdom Hearts Remix on Xbox uh, Game Pass. That's cool. Cool. It's been a long time since i played those games. And I only play the original number, 1 and 2, without all the special features and all that stuff. So the remixes are pretty good. Now I actually get what those questions in, uh, in 1 on Destiny Island meant. It's like... Okay, that helped. <coughs> I understand things more. Never finished Kingdom Hearts 1. Beat Kingdom Hearts 2, just the basic story of it. So it's nice to play it that way. Um, playing some Terraria. And not too much else otherwise. Need to play some more Xenoblade Chronicles. All three of them need to finish them all off this year. We'll see. It looks like I got a bigger, big end of August coming up, but uh, whatever. One of the employees are taking a want to take a week off. It's like, okay, sure, I'll cover. Could be worse. We'll have to see what happens. I'll have to talk to my parents about like what they plan to do or something like that. So I'll have to see how to shape those days up. But yeah, serve some time off. Good dude. So that's about it. Um. Floods, fights, freedoms, and further infections. It's still going on. Yeah. After season three, episode four. Uh, we're done. Uh, have yourself a good week, and hopefully I'll be back next week. Bye.